What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Trig Podcast of Joy Ghost TV on this beautiful Tuesday. What's today? What's today? Tuesday, about 1230. Talking about the art of surrendering. Surrender. So there's a bunch of things that I need to do, want to do, blah, 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 today and this week. I think like all of us, I'm one of those like, let's go, let's keep going. But I've realized that that's not really where I'm at. And maybe that's not necessarily where you might be at. It's okay to slow down and to start the week or the month or the year off with less. Even though perhaps your instinct, my instinct, our instinct is to rush to the finish line. And we just got started, literally, January 3rd. I have a uh, an application that I'm filling out or a application I'm working with. And so the lady emailed me back. So I was like, okay, let's get going, blah, blah. I need money. I need cash. I need this job. And she wrote me, I guess, a week ago, two weeks ago, and she said, I won't be back in the office until January 9th. You know, one of those emails, right? And I won't respond to this until then. And I thought at first, but I need a job. I need money. And come on, let's go. This is your job, right? That's genius. I don't mean the email itself, but just having boundaries, especially at this time of the year. And maybe this is just me, but I because of many reasons, trauma mostly, and who knows, neuroticism probably mostly, I think I have to do more than I really even want to do or should do because of the Enneagram 3 stuff. I think maybe I'm not doing enough because I feel fear or worry about money or future career and all that stuff, right? What really is, what, what, the, what the truth is, is that I can just surrender. I can just let it go. And what is will be. And what will happen will happen with or without your worry and your fear and your overworking. I mean, Jesus said it best, right? Do not be anxious about tomorrow. Jesus said it best that cast all your cares upon me because he cares for you. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand, and it's already within you. Meaning, you want love, it's already within you. You want safety, it's already within you. You want security, it's already within you. You want calmness and provision, it's already within you. The reason why we do all these crazy things is because we feel sad, we feel unloved, we feel shame, we feel worried, we feel like something is missing. And so then we can get into addictions or into overworking or into, like I said, for me, not putting a an email out to life, to myself most of all, saying, see you January 9th. These are all very important things that are really what life comes down to <clears throat> about surrender, about letting go. And some people don't like that idea of surrendering to God or to anyone because it feels out of control, especially if you're an Enneagram 8 or maybe even a 9, 8, and 1. You struggle with the idea of letting go. But as I'm learning, it's when you let go and you touch the pain that beauty comes out, joy comes out. You have to get rid of, and I wouldn't say even get rid of, you have to let the pain go through you, let the river run through you. 
I, I did a conference years ago, finding grace through anxiety. The only way you're going to find grace or love or peace or joy or security, whatever you want, is by letting the anxiety, the fear, the worry go through you and you going through it with Christ, maybe with a counselor, a coach, with the Holy Spirit for sure, with guidance so you can make it to the other side and really go back to who you really are, which is a happy, joyous kid who loves to play video games or loves to look at nature and and consider the heavens and the stars. Go back to the real you. And you can still create and love and live stream and podcast and write songs and do all the rest. Have a family, work hard, make money, have a $3 million, $10 million studio, which is what I want. You can still accomplish that, but it's not a dragging. You're not dragging people into it or God into it or yourself into it. You are just responding to what God is doing in you. So I was listening to this podcast by, let's see, I have it here, his name, Michael Sing, Singer, Singer, and he wrote a book, which I've read, it's amazing, called the, well, the one by Eckhart Tolle I read 20 years ago called The Seed of the Soul. He wrote one called Surrendering to Life, Let Go of Yourself, Surrendering to Life. Amazing stuff. I've read the, I've read this over the last 10, 20 years, and then I read, I read I read another book, very seminal, very similar, called the Sedona Method. All of this is talking about Jesus in Matthew five, saying, "Let go, consider the lilies of the field, consider the birds of the air. They do not worry, they do not labor, they do not worry about everything, and yet your Father in heaven, who knows all these things, takes care of them. How much more?" Will I take care of you, oh, ye of little faith? And so, and the faith really isn't necessarily like doing more. It's about simply doing less. It's bringing, I like how this guy was saying, that what God wants, people give him flowers and they make promises and I'm going to serve you, God. All that God really wants is your junk for you to give him all your junk. Come to me. All you who are weary, come to me with what? With our weariness and with our heavy ladenness. I'm worried about money. I'm worried about my career. What am I going to do? I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I'm too this. I'm worry, worry, worry. When I had an amazing job and making a bunch of money, I was worried about losing that job and losing that money. And when I was young, I was worried about getting deported from the country when I was whatever, you name it, right? And yet, how did this beautiful life that we're living happen by simply letting God lead, letting the Holy Spirit lead, putting the Holy Spirit first, letting God lead us, lead you, and you obey, you obey, you surrender to the Holy Spirit, you listen to the Holy Spirit, you keep in step, like Galatians 5 says, you you walk with the Spirit, do not get drunk with wine, it says, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit, and so there's a, a great analogy. The reason why we get drunk with wine is because we forget that we are already filled with beauty and joy and peace and security and safety and, and whatever you want, all the nine fruits of the Spirit. We lose sight of those things when we keep feeding fear and overwhelm and insecurity and envy and pride and lust and control. If we keep feeding those monsters, they will grow. The mind is... A machine. It only produces what you feed it. If you think that the person in front of you driving is driving too slow, then that's what your mind will produce. All these kind of 
oxytocins and toxins and you become a toxic individual because you're feeding your mind with constant negative thoughts about this person driving in front of you. And a lot of people think that they don't have any control or say over their thoughts. And yet, back to the seat of the soul and all these different books and the Sedona Method and let go of yourself, the, the, the enlightenment, Jesus' message is you're not your thoughts. You are not what you're worrying about. You can choose to look at your life of worry and anxiety and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let that come through me. It's going to do its work. It's going to make me think and feel a bunch of things, but I'm going to just let it go through me. Let, let, let it touch my pain that's in my body from trauma, from childhood, from whatever it is. Bring God into it. Give him, and what I, what I mean by let God into it, I mean give him the junk. Give him the heavy lateness and the trash of your life. Every worry, every fear, every concern. Give it to God who can handle it and then follow the Spirit's lead. We can't ignore it. We can't addict our way through it. We can't overwork or overeat or all the things. We can, well, we can do that. And many people, including myself, we do these things. And that's why we're overweight and overworried and overmedicated and addicted and blah, blah, blah. Overworking, yeah. What, my, what the Spirit is telling me these days is to simply surrender. Is to trust. Is to let God lead so let the Holy Spirit lead to let the Holy Spirit show me the way because it's what has always happened. And every successful, amazing thing that I've done has been because I have followed the Holy Spirit. When I followed my worry and my work and my plans, it either distracted me from God's plans or it crashed and burned. <laughs> it nearly destroyed me. So for example, when I came back from Colorado as a family. We came back. We had our home, but I didn't have a job. Neither did Rochelle. We stayed with our in-laws. That's why I love my father-in-law so much. Pray for him, by the way, as he's dealing with cancer. He's improving. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for the prayers. Keep praying. And so we, we lived with them for like three months, which was odd and uncomfortable. We put all our junk in our sister-in-law's garage, which packed out their house. So that was uncomfortable and awkward for us as well to be a nuisance and a bother to everyone for months especially as a provider and a man I thought this is crazy but how did that how did I we end up doing amazing after that well following the spirit of God I had a friend who was at a Methodist church down the street here in Long Beach who I knew for a, actually I didn't even know him I knew the church since I was a young boy I grew up in that area here in Middle Long Beach, I don't know what you call it. I guess sort of East Long Beach. Right there uh, by Junipero and 7th, 4th Street. If you know where that is, near Burbank Elementary. <laughs> Shout out to Willard Elementary, where I actually went to school. Anyway, so I went to this church because I felt the Spirit of God was saying, just go and sit in and, and just go and see what God is doing here. I didn't know the pastor at the time. Long story short, he connected me with the church on on the USC campus, and I became the administrator. I learned QuickBooks, payroll, scheduling, working with the University of Southern California, seeing all these football players, athletes, top-notch, world-class athletes. I would run with them on the USC track. I was there for three years. It was a dream job. 
Now, in my mind, I'm sure I was worried about, man, I'm here at my parents' house. My junk is at someone else's house. I don't have a job. Neither does Rochelle. We have these three little babies. I think our kids were maybe 10, 8, and 6 or something like that, 12, 10, and 8. A big deal. We were sleeping on the floor of our in-laws. As I said, God bless Dr. Dennis Baker, my father-in-law, and Mom Baker, who's now with Jesus. And they had us in their house for three, four months. I mean, five of us with little kids. And they were in their, what, 60s? They are like, eh, okay, a weekend, right, with Grandpa. But three, four months? And he never once said, hey, son, so what's your plan here? Because you need to get the heck out of here. That's what I would have done. And I, I'm sure I worried. But what happened is I followed the Holy Spirit. Then... Even before that, I was leading worship at a church here in the area, beautiful, large church. I was loving my life, loving God, loving my family. I was married to my beautiful wife. I think we had, I think we had all three babies by then. They were little, like maybe, yeah, seven, five, and three. And, but I knew that it was time for me to do something different. I had been there for a long time and I wanted to be a senior pastor. I had all these dreams. And I guess I could have, and maybe I did give in to worry. I was beginning to just become reckless with my life, which is what happens when you don't listen to God's voice. Because truth be told, I had been hearing God's voice about leaving and becoming a, a pastor of my own church for maybe 10 years. I had been ignoring the voice of God like Jonah for many years. Finally, my life kind of fell apart to some degree. But speaking again of letting go, I'm sure I was worried. I know I was about the same stuff as always, as I'm doing now. Money and my future and my career and my kids and my wife and blah, blah, blah. All the usual things, right? How did God take care of that? He brought someone from Colorado that I had never met. This amazing leader of a mega church in Colorado. He was just either starting there or was about to start there. By accident, no way, it was a divine appointment. He came, he saw me lead worship, fell in love with me and I with him. A few weeks later, months later, I was moving my whole family to Colorado to be the worship and neighborhood pastor for this mega church there in, in Denver. And one of the happiest times of our lives. We played in the snow, our kids got to see the beautiful Rockies and we met some amazing people. One of the best experiences of my life one more. My point is, look how all we have to do is keep following the Spirit of God versus making stuff happen and forcing things and worrying and all this stuff. So just recently, same thing. I was at my church in Bellflower. I knew it was time for me to go. It just, the Spirit of God was telling me, trust me, surrender. But like I usually do, like we mostly, most of us do, it's like, nope, I'm afraid, I'm worried, what am I, blah, 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 all the usual stuff, right? It wasn't addictions for me. It was my, my addiction is disobedience, which turns to fear and worry. And then I'm in this cycle of anxiety and worry and disobedience because I'm not obeying God. I'm obeying my own fear, my own, my own thoughts, my own myself. And so same thing, worried, sick for years. I knew it was time for me to go. I even had some leaders tell me, hey, I'm going to fund your ministry if you go and do this. I'm like, nope, 
man, how disobedient can we be? I am more Jonah than David or Paul or any of these amazing leaders. I am 100% Jonah, a disobedient prophet of God who needs to get eaten by the fish every few years, it seems like, to go and do God's will and actually preach the gospel and follow the Holy Spirit, not my fear or what I want, right? So at the end of, I didn't even know it was the end of my time there at the church in Belfort, a beautiful, a couple of amazing young men came knocking on our door, which turned out to be Victory Outreach, Huntington Park. God bless Pastor Manuel, my beautiful pastor and his wife, Lisa. They saved my life. And they wanted to rent our space and partner with us for years, maybe five, ten years. And now, up until then, I had been worried about my church is dying. This is not going well. Something has to change. And so I was looking everywhere. My assistant and I were knocking on doors. We tried schools. We tried churches. We tried nonprofits. You name it. Nothing worked out. God kept closing doors. And I kept worried and stressed about it, which did what? Nothing. It only added more stress. It only fed that monster inside of me. One day, as I just said, God's the Holy Spirit came knocking on my door. <laughs> Shout out to the Holy Spirit. Long story short, they've been there now for two, three years. Vio Sela has blown up. I'm now serving next to Pastor Manuel's beautiful son, Pastor Chris, as, his, as a servant of this amazing young man in downtown Santa Ana. Shout out to Vio downtown Santa Ana. And... Now, it's, I don't have a job. It's not a paid thing. Obviously, we're volunteers. And since then, it's been hard as far as financial and income and all these things. And here I am again, worried, sick, thinking I have to overdo, overthink, overprepare, over whatever, you, you name it, right? And yet, how did God bring that partnership with Victory Outreach? The Holy Spirit. They came knocking on our door. The Holy Spirit came to us, and a beautiful thing happened. And I've, I never, I've never been happier in terms of ministry in my whole life. 30 years of ministry, I've never felt happiest. I have, I'm feeling the happiest today because of Victory Outreach. Shout out to that, to this amazing ministry that literally the Holy Spirit came to us. And who knows? And I know that they've been praying, and who knows what other options and things they were looking at, how God had been working in their lives to align our paths together and to bring God's will to an alignment where I was a senior pastor of this church in desperate need of help and they were in desperate need of a place to expand and multiply and and, and blow up and we came together. It cost me everything. Basically it was maybe the biggest or the last straw of a very difficult relationship I had with my previous church and it ended basically killing my ministry. But I, I shouldn't even say that. It was a blessing in disguise because of what I said. I simply followed the Holy Spirit. I kept saying, okay, Lord, this is where you're working, okay? I was listening to this podcast, as I said, and this man who's now in his 70s, because the, the host was asking him, how did you become a CEO and an architect and a New York bestseller and, and, a, and a computer scientist? If you're the spiritual guru hippie guy from the 70s and 60s and 70s, and he said, I just kept, 
I just kept following the Holy Spirit. I think he's a Christian. He said, I just kept following the Holy Spirit. He had built this like a faith building, like a church, basically, the life of the universe center, something like that. A little hippie, as I said. And he was just trying to live this hippie life, blah, 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 love everyone and all this stuff, right? Trying to connect with God and be surrendered and be enlightened and etc. And then how did he become an architect and uh, all this? He said that someone, some person, maybe it was a neighbor, I think, of, of where he had his camp, came up to him one day and said, are you in charge here? And he said, uh, what's this about? Yeah, I guess I am. I'm in charge. And, and this other man asked him, can you build me in addition to my house? And this, this man, I forget his name, Michael, said, I'm not an architect. I just built this for our church, basically. Long story short, he then built this man's addition, and then he, I guess, grew in, to become an architect guru in a whole construction company that went public and sold it for I don't know how many millions. And then while he was working on these homes, he was, I guess, working on some computer program, and he had some skills in that. He, After all, he is like a, like a computer guy, like me, right? Like many of us, we have this scientific part to our spirituality. And someone said, can you write this program so that I can do the same thing? And he wrote this program, and it blew up and sold it for millions. Then he became a writer, an author. Now he's going back to his... Then he was, in, he was serving in the jails for 30 years, doing Bible studies and teaching these principles to people in jail. And then now he's an author and kind of going back to his roots. Now at midlife and post-midlife, he's now going back to the simple life, not the CEO life. And the, uh, the host of the podcast kept asking him, how did you do all this? He said, I just kept following the Holy Spirit. Wherever the Spirit said to go, I went. I just kept living my life according to who I am and what I love to do. And people kept knocking on my door and I said, okay, Lord, okay, God, this is what you want. This is where I'm supposed to be. And it just, it was so clear to me when he said that. It's exactly what I've been going through. And as I mentioned to you, what I've been through the last 20, 30 years when I'm listening to God. And the same thing is for you, right? We all have similar experiences of both being Jonah and being like Jesus, of being the disobedient prophet and being the obedient servant. We all have those experiences and we don't learn the lesson, right? We keep worrying and stressing and wanting to do way more than we should out of worry and fear and all these things, instead of saying, Lord, I'm going to just respond to what you're doing. So right now, to make it even practical, I have, like I said, a bunch of worries about all that stuff. And they keep me up at night. And it's just, especially at the beginning of a year, I'm thinking, man, come on, Lord. Like, I need this, I need that. And and God's saying, son, you already have all that stuff. But I'm like, no, I don't. Look at my bank account. Look at my this. Look at that. I don't have anything. Lies, right? Well, in my inbox, as I've mentioned, I have like 20 emails from all these different things that I think I need to do. This and that and the other. And most of them have been, have, have our doors that have been closed. I was, I was very close to do this one thing that I kind of maybe wanted to do. It didn't happen back in like September, October. Then there was another thing that I kind of wanted to do in November. It didn't happen. 
there have been a couple other smaller things, some things that I did and some tests that I took that I didn't pass. And I thought, man, nothing is going my way, right? That's what the 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 uh, the reptile brain right that's what the uh, the lizard brain wants to say that's what the false self that's what the sinful the flesh wants to say is worry 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 see see god is not for you he's against you see nothing is going your way and nothing will ever change it, it will never turn around that's what our sinful fleshly mind wants to tell us all along all these options and things that may look normal to everyone like, okay, you're hustling, trying to find a job. But I know that I know that I know that none of those things is where the Spirit of God is. See, here's the key. God is not in any of those things, and yet I'm still pursuing them. I don't know if that ever happens to you. You pursue things that God isn't in, a relationship, a job, a person, a project, a house, a move to another place, another part of the country, or a drug or, a, or an addiction. You follow these, you chase all these things, and yet you know God is not in them. You know that you know, and it may look normal on the outside. People can even applaud you and say, man, you're, you're being an awesome woman. You're a great man. But you know that you know that you're, diso diso you're disobedient. You're disobeying God because you know, and not only that, but all the doors keep closing. So anyway, and there's just been, there's been this one idea project out there that's been around for maybe like nine months to a, to a year, nine months to a year, a relationship, a conversation with this church Excuse me really quick here. Let me see what's going on. Hello, love. It's my beautiful wife calling me, checking in from Oregon. She's up there with her dad. Everything's fine. She just wanted to say hello. I'll call her back as soon as I'm done here. I hate it when it's bad timing like that. I can't focus on her, but I'm almost done here. So, and if it had been an emergency, of course, we would have talked and I would have ended, hung up this call with three million people that are watching me. <laughs> anyway, so what was I saying? So I have all these options and this one opportunity. If, I, if I'm honest, I can't say 100%, but I think the Holy Spirit is actually in that opportunity, not in these thousands of things that I am doing out of my own fear and worry and, and fleshly mindset. Neither is bad or, or good. It's just I have no peace here. Maybe in one or two things out of the 50 things that I'm looking at, maybe there is some peace there. But the thing, and here's the only caveat, I guess. People say caveat. In this thing here, I don't have 100% peace. Let me see. Hold on. And so it's not like I have 100% peace here, but... If I'm going to compare A versus B, there's no doubt A is more in line with what the Spirit of God wants to do. Now, I'm waiting for this, for God to open his door. I don't want to go, I don't want to be against it, nor do I want to go and, and make it happen. 
I don't want to be disobedient and focus on all these negative things that I'm making up. Instead, nor do I want to be so naive and be like, oh, sure. But it could be that this is what God wants. Because it seems like God keeps knocking on my door, quote unquote, like Revelation 3 says. And it might be that that's where, or maybe there's a third thing. I don't know. I really don't know. But the point is, back to this man's examples of how this man just came knocking on his door. The same thing with me when I was a bellflower. This amazing church just came knocking on our door. And God, still to this day, is doing amazing things. That mindset may seem to some of us that are crazy and neurotics and whatever, as like just waiting and sitting on your hands and being lazy. It's not being lazy. <laughs> Who's going to accuse us neurotics of being lazy? We need less neuroticism, right? We need more lazy, meaning trusting, letting God bring it to us. Because that's how God always works. And that's how it's always been. And that's when things do work out for for the benefit of those who trust him and who are called according to his purpose. Everything in my life that has been a blessing, USC, Victory Outreach, Colorado, uh, I don't know what else I mentioned when I was a young man, all these things have been because God, my, my beautiful wife, Rochelle, <laughs> I guess maybe I'll just finish with that story. I was in my early 20s dating here and there, same thing. I don't know, none of this is it. This one relationship wanted to go deeper and wanted to go more serious and move and get married. And I'm, I knew I was, nope, this is not it. I wasn't worried. You know, when you're 21, 20, you're not worried about anything, right? And then out of nowhere, you could say, this beautiful <laughs> blue-eyed queen from heaven. God put her at the church like maybe three months before where I would eventually be hired to be the worship pastor. God did all that. She's from Minnesota, lived in Denver, blah, 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 Garden Grove. And yet the grace of God was working. The Holy Spirit was aligning our lives together. We were 20. We were kids, 20. I have kids that are this age. I was 23. She was 21. Or maybe she was 20. I was 22. Just babies. And God had done all these things, and she was obedient to the heavenly call. She came and was the receptionist at this church. Um, a few months later, a few months later, I was hired to be the worship pastor. And the day I came into the office, my first day at work, I saw her, and I knew that I knew that I knew to this day that she was going to be my wife. I fell in love with her right away. I fell in love with her at first, love at first sight. That was 30 years ago. I'm happily, she just called me. I love this woman. But imagine if I had been, oh, I need to sleep around. I need to uh, get a fancier car. I need to um, just do whatever this girl says. I need to uh, hide and not leave my house or my apartment with my grandma. No, instead I kept moving, kept trusting, kept serving, kept letting the Holy Spirit lead me. And God brought her to me as I was being led by the Spirit. I did also work through my fears of immigration and being in a white church and not knowing a lot about music. I didn't care. I said, Lord, yes. And I became the worship pastor of this huge church, a white evangelical church back in the 80s. This, is, this wasn't even heard of back then. It wasn't even being heard of. It wasn't even talked about. It was not normal. 
And yet, I took three buses. I did all the work. I, I worked on my music and my singing and my skills and leadership and all this stuff. And I had been doing it for three, four, five years, proving myself since I was maybe like 18. Proving myself before God and before man. And so that that opportunity happened. And when that opportunity came, I said yes. And she said yes. And boom, there it happened. Magic happened. And so right now, my flesh wants to worry and think and all this stuff. But God is saying, I'm going to bring the perfect wife, quote unquote, the perfect relationship, the perfect woman. Like I did when you were a kid and you were 20 and you had all these things that you were thinking about all these concerns, and I brought you. You didn't do it. You didn't go chasing after her. You didn't even, you were, you were like on another path. And yet, because of my mercy and grace, and yes, your obedience as well, and your hard work and your commitment to me. I wasn't some bum on the streets doing drugs or in a gang or, or, or promiscuous, or I was doing the right thing at 20 and 21. I was graduating from Council Elementary with a double degree in computer science and engineering. One of the most intelligent degrees and high-paying degrees out there, even to this day. I was doing that in 1987, 88, 90, 91. It took me forever to finish that degree. It was a double major. They just kind of threw it together at the last minute. So I was doing all the right things. I wasn't out there just disobeying God. I was doing the right things. But I was still worried and, and, and not trusting God in certain ways. And so God did it. So now, how will he not do that today in you and in me? And whatever you're looking at, job, career, money, success, the woman of your dreams, getting out of your situation, buying a house, having a child, growing your church, growing your business, your music career, your entrepreneurial dreams, becoming successful, serving, going international, whatever your dream is. Why are you so worried? If you know that you know that you know that all we have to do is to walk with God. Say no to evil. Fear the Lord and shun evil, says Proverbs. Fear the Lord, which means follow him. What is he doing? And then shun evil. And evil isn't just drugs and alcohol and promiscuity or shopping or whatever you think. It's also choosing to, to worry. And to give in to concerns and worry and anger and frustration and shame and, and feelings of unworth, that's shunning evil. We have to shun those things, all that is evil. That's maybe the most evil thing that Satan does. All the other things are, they're, they're bad too, but they're almost like superficial. It's the deeper stuff that's really the problem. Shun those things. Find a coach. Talk to a pastor. Get help. Work through that stuff. Trust God. And then fear the Lord. What does that mean? Is wait for him. Wait for the Lord, right? As the watchman waits for the morning, so my soul waits for thee, O Lord. As the deer pants for the water, so does my soul long for you. See, it's this longing, this waiting. We just went through Advent. Waiting, right? Advent means come. We're waiting for the coming of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We're waiting for him. It says, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will rise up with wings as eagles. It doesn't say those who are eagles. Those who try to be like God, those who fly high and are already amazing without God. No, it says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. We have to wait. You literally have to wait for opportunity to come knocking on your door. Now, you have to take three buses and go to school and educate yourself and 
shun evil and study and get a double degree at Long Beach State in engineering, you have to do the work. You can't, it's not like you're playing video games at home and, and you're just in your PJs till 3 p.m. and God's going to give you the woman of your dreams. No, you have to. You have to go out there and conquer the land. But it's the worry. The conquering the land is 10%, maybe even 1%. The 99% is the problem. Worry, anxiety, fear, overwhelm, lust, envy, pride, shame, fear, anger. That's the real problem. The 1% the 10% is normal. Go out there and work the land. I took three buses. I, I went to music school. I, I became an engineer. I got out of my little church where I was at, and I went to a, a bigger church. I was faithful for three, four, five years in ministry as a volunteer in my teens. I worked on my voice. I worked on my knowledge of music theory. And I learned how to lead people in their 30s and 40s as a 20-year-old kid, as an immigrant with no papers. I rose to the top. I worked my butt off to come to the top. And then for the bigger things, job and career and wife and a house and this beautiful family that God has given us, God kept knocking on my door. And so today... That's the lesson for me, and hopefully it can, it can help you. You have to wait for the Lord to come knocking on your door, for opportunity to come knocking on your door. I know people, the hustle culture out there says that opportunity won't, won't be knocking on anybody's door. I don't mean it that way. I mean, instead of worrying, wait on the Lord. Instead of overworking, wait on the Lord. Instead of trusting yourself, trust in the Lord. Instead of letting fear and anxiety and all these things control your life, surrender. Instead of keeping your junk or addicting your junk away or whatever it is, give your junk to Jesus. Talk to a coach, coach. Talk to a pastor. Be in relationship with people that can truly help you understand these deeper things. This is, this is normal. This is nothing very deep, really. But it's, it's almost like a, like a secret. That's why the whole thing, the secret, right? Because it isn't talked about enough. Even though it's basically there in plain sight. It's hidden in plain sight. Cast all your cares upon me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand, and it is within you. The kingdom of God isn't out there. What do we mean by the kingdom of God? As I said before, peace, love, tr trust, surrender, security, safety, all the things we want. It's not out there for you to pursue it and to have to like hustle to get it. It's already within you. you. All you have to do is surrender all the fear and worry and overwhelm and anger and frustration, resentment, all those things and stop striving and do your 10%, el eliminate the 90%, all that stuff that doesn't exist, a bunch of lies where Satan lives, he lives in 90% and wait for the Holy Spirit to come knocking on your door and then respond. Here's the thing. Then you have to respond to the Holy Spirit. Be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like it says in Psalm 85, do not hearten your voice if you hear my Spirit's voice like you did back at Mariba, like you did back at Manasseh. Do not hearten your voice if you hear the Spirit's voice. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit has to say. That is what we have a responsibility to do. And like I said for me, I have these hundred things here, these emails, and I have this one thing and I'm wondering, and I'm telling you, I, I am making moves and steps to say, Lord, forgive me. And God, I'm going to respond, even though this is not completely clear, not 100%, and nothing is, right? You just have this sense the Spirit of God is in it. 
Just because the Spirit of God is in it doesn't mean that it's laid out for you A to Z and everything's perfect. You have to have this gut, this heart, this thought in your inside of you that says, I believe that this is where the Spirit of God wants me to be. Even if people doubt or wonder, you know how many people have doubted me and even written me emails, angry emails, because I'm in Victory Outreach. They're like, you're, you're an educated man with no this and no that, and you have all these accolades and blah, blah. Why are you there? And I'm like, bro, because the Spirit of God told me to go there. There are other times when people have called me out on other, other decisions that I've made, and they were right. I'm like, yeah. And I was like, no, this is where God has me. So it goes both ways. Even to this day, I have things that that I'm, like I said, this one opportunity. There are some people I could say, come on, man, why are you doing that? That makes no sense. But I have a feeling, I have a gut sense inside of me, in my mind, the mind of Christ, not my mind, the mind of Christ, the Spirit of God, my gut, my, my intuition, wherever you want to call it. The Spirit of God is saying, it's not 100%. There is some risk. It's not perfect. You got to trust me through it. But I'm in this and I'm not in this because this is creating more fear, more chaos, more worry. It's not giving you any peace. It might give you a few bucks, but it's not giving you any peace because it's not where I'm at. Don't be a Jonah, be a Jesus. Okay, I better go. If you want my coaching, let me know. I'd love to walk you through similar stuff, whether it's midlife, whether it's happiness, whether it's surrender. I'm here to help you. DavidTree.com slash coaching. Thank you for being here. I'll see you next time. Adios.